Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. Wellspring Tabernacle is a Bible-based Trinitarian Christian church in Marble, North Carolina. We seek to impact our community through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and may God bless. Well, I'll be honest, Williams, I don't know if this is going to be so much teaching tonight as it is preaching, but there's, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be uh, one or the other and you understand, but um, this, it's it's odd how God will reveal things to you um, that are needed and, and when they're needed, but um, if you have a Bible in Matthew chapter 6, the and I'm going to start in verse five of Matthew chapter six. This Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, "And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward." But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of him before ye ask." After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And what I want to look at tonight is we'll look we'll look at everything we read, but tonight I want to look at verses 14 and 15 especially. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the many blessings of life. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the forgiveness that you give us in Christ. And God, we pray that you would multiply the reading of your word to our hearts tonight, God, that you would... Allow me to give what you have not only shown me, God, but what you've let me walk in to these people. And I pray, God, that you would lead, guide, and direct. Holy Ghost, we welcome you into this place. I pray, God, that you'd anoint me afresh from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. God, fill me anew with the Holy Ghost. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. But starting in this what i want you to what i want to share with you is something that happened to me yesterday 
I don't know why it is that when I'm on a piece of equipment, either whether I'm mowing hay or I'm cutting grass or, you know, like I was yesterday, um, you know, mowing weeds, bush hogging. I don't know why it is that God uses those times to, to reveal things that I need um, or to, to speak to me. He's done it for years, years and years and years. But yesterday, as I was on the tractor, I began to think about, um, you know, everything going on in my family and the people that are responsible for that. And before I could, now this whole time now for, for going on four years, I have been so bitter and so angry for what they've done and what it's caused in, in my family. But God spoke to me just as clearly as I'm speaking to y'all now. And I know that that makes people nervous when you talk about God speaking. Well, guess what? My God's not mute. My God talks. Um, but, but I mean, he spoke just as clearly as he could and said, you have to forgive them. And when, and it just, as soon as he told me that, I, I, I realized I've been harboring unforgiveness towards these people for all this time, and it has not done anything to them. It has affected me. The unforgiveness that I'm carrying has affected me. It has been a bondage on me. And I began to pray for them. And, I, well, I pray, I first repented for for harboring the unforgiveness i said god you know forgive me for holding this unforgiveness in my heart and lord if i have any unforgiveness towards anyone else reveal it to me lord and i repent of it as well and then i began to pray for them and i began to pray it's a very popular passage out of the book of numbers and and i said lord i pray that you would bless them and keep them that you would let your face shine upon them and give them peace. I began to pray. And as I began, as I began to pray for God to bless them, the Spirit of the Lord began to bless me and began to move in me because I was actively engaging in forgiving, doing, doing just exactly, looking at this text, Look, doing just exactly what verse 12 says, Forget, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, as we forgive those that we feel owe something to us, and we forgive those that have wronged us, God in turn allows us to experience the forgiveness that only He can give. And But when we, I, what I wanted, and this is what God showed me tonight, he, is when that got done, you know, the rest of the evening yesterday and then all day today, he said, you've got to release this to your people. If they're harp, you may not be, it may just be for me, but if you're holding unforgiveness in your heart towards someone, you have put yourself in bondage. And we're not to be in bondage because God has called us to peace. And we're, and and for a Christ a Christian to be bound blows my mind because the Bible says whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You are especially free if Christ has set you free. 
We've been freed from the law of sin and of death. We have been freed by all these different things. Colossians 2 says that when Jesus went to the cross, he took, he made a spectacle of principalities and powers on the cross. He took the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and nailed them. He blotted them out by nailing them to the cross. We have been, for think of the multitude of sins that God has forgiven you of and continues to forgive you of. Think of what you were both before and after salvation. Think of all, I th when I look back, on, and I don't like to, I don't go into details when I talk about my when I talk about my past before God saved me. I'll give I'll give you the the cliff notes view of it, but I won't go into detail because that's and, and I tell you why. All right, I won't I won't let anybody. Um, I had you know people say, oh well, you shouldn't dwell on your sin. No, I'm not going to dwell on it, but I'm not going to let nobody take the memory of it away from me because and they and. I had someone ask me, well, why won't you let, why would you not want the memory of that sin taken from you? I said, because I can look back on the wretched sinner that I was and it shows me, it reminds me the memory of my sin. And this is how we need to start looking at this, not as, oh, oh, you know, oh, no, look at what I did, but no, look at what God did. It reminds me of the goodness of God in my life when I look at the wretched sinner that I was and I see how he forgave me. And if I believe in the grace of God and if you believe in the grace of God so much that we believe that, that through the grace of God we have been saved to the uttermost by the power of God, then we should be able to give grace to others. It's not easy. <coughs> Yesterday, that was that was one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to do. But God enabled me to do it. And when we, but when we harbor, and I, and I'm not, you know, don't make a spectacle of it. All right, look at what he says. All right, he says when you pray, don't be as the hypocrites are, because they love to be seen. And it says that they have their reward. But he says when you pray, enter into your closet. Well, apparently, sitting on a tractor is my closet. That's that's the closet that I that, that God has. And I'm telling you, we, whether it's driving down the road in a car, whatever it might be, you have your closet that you can go in to pray. And I thank God that mine is, is somewhere that I'm familiar with and something that I know because there's been times I'm telling you when the spirit of God's come on me in that thing and if it wasn't for my familiarity I'd have been flipped over in a ditch somewhere but I can run that thing just mindlessly and God ministers to me deeply in that in the, and, it's, and I know it's funny I know it's silly to think about it that way but God has given me a place that I can go to him and he can come to me without any distraction from any anything else on this earth and that's what this means when it says to go into a closet find a place where you, David called it the secret place of the most high find a place where you can go where it's a secret place between you and God and where you can seek the face of God and God can speak to you but he said when you get into the closet and when you've shut your door Pray to your Father that which is in secret. The things that you won't tell anyone else about, that you don't, according to this, that you don't have to tell anyone else about. You go to Him in secret and you give those things to Him. 
and God will then reward you openly for doing so. And then when you pray, and this is something I was talking to some friends of mine about the other day, um, you know, about how, how many of you have ever been in a church service in the South and you know how they'll have altar prayer? Um, I say in the South, like we're not sitting in North Carolina right now. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. You go to the church service and everybody goes up the altar and there's always one person that has to be the loudest and the proudest of everybody there. And all you hear the whole time they're praying is some sort of repetitive phrase. All right, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, all these different things. They'll repeat that over and over and over again while they're praying. And I guess it thinks it makes them super spiritual to be heard. But according to this, it says, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. All right, and I've got no problem with if you've got an object of prayer on your heart that you need help with, write it down. Look up scripture that directly addresses that particular thing and write the scripture into the prayer and pray the Bible. That's something that the church needs to grasp is praying the scriptures. Praying that God Praying to God through His Word is one of the most powerful modes of prayer that there is. But then, because it says, you know, talking about the vain repetitions like the heathen, it says, don't be like them because your Father, your Heavenly Father, knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. But then... Christ models for us how to pray. And I want you to look at, and, and by modeling how to pray, he wasn't saying that we have to say these exact words, but it's a model that we're to form prayers after. All right, and watch what he does first. He, who does he address the prayer to? He does, he address, and this is something that God has been correcting me on. All right, we pray to God the Father, through God the Son, by God the Holy Ghost. So he starts off with our Father. He gives glory and honor to God. First of all, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. All right. He gives glory and honor to God and asks that his kingdom would come to the earth. But watch what he, but watch. All right. Not only does he pray that the kingdom would come down, but he says thy will be done in earth. In earth. Now, I know a lot of modern translations render that as on earth, but I believe when they do that, they miss something, all right? But it says, Thy will be done in earth. What are we? The Bible says that we are earthen vessels, that we have treasure laid up in jars of clay, that we are made from the dust of the earth. The kingdom of God is supposed to come through and by. It's supposed to come. Thy will come in earth. God, come in me. Let your spirit and your power and your will come in this earthen vessel as it is in heaven. So it's only after Jesus prays, giving glory and honor to God, asking him that his will, that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done in the earth, in us, and, and through and through it happening in us, that it would be that it would be manifest on earth, the physical earth, as it is in heaven. Then he makes a request. Give us this day our daily bread. 
And then he makes another request and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God, forgive us for we have sinned against you and help us to forgive others that have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. God doesn't tempt any man. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. All right, this and this, and here's something that I have been, I've seen a growing pattern, especially in the realm of deliverance happening. That these people that are in, that are in this in you and you see it not just with deliverance, but you see it with with popular evangelists and popular pastors and popular singing groups. They'll get on this train. They they it births an arrogance in them to where they think that if they're not doing it then something's not getting done. But look at what Jesus says. He says, for thine. Well, who, who's the thine that he's talking about? The Father. He says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I'm not to seek glory for myself. You're not to seek glory for yourself. The power and the glory and the kingdom all belong to God. We're just, we have been in, we've been welcomed in. But it's not ours. And then coming into verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the danger of unforgiveness. If we harbor unforgiveness in our hearts towards someone, we are living in unrepentant sin. We are opening a window for the devil to come in and sow seeds of bitterness and arrogance and all these things. We're allowing the enemy to come in. And more and more than any of that, all right, that unforgiveness is in and of itself is a bondage that yeah. the enemy will use to beat you up and to beat you over the head with. And if you don't give it to God, all right, give it. And by give it to God, I mean, God, forgive me for holding this unforgiveness. But then don't just... Don't just use a vain repetition. Don't ask for forgiveness and then not do anything about it. Then turn around after you after God you've asked God to forgive you. Yes, you you ask him, he forgives you. But then turn around and forgive the person. Forgive them. Because if you don't forgive them then you're still holding unforgiveness in your heart. But we as Christians, and I know that we all have people that have wronged us and people that have done things they shouldn't have done to us, but and, and we hold on to it. We're human, all right? And we're not going to live in a state of sinless perfection until we get to glory. But we, as people of God, in obedience to the Scriptures, have to forgive other people whether they're saved or not it doesn't matter it does not matter the bible doesn't say for if you that if you forgive your brothers and sisters in christ their trespasses your heavenly father will forgive you it says if you forgive men and that and men be meaning 
mankind in general. We cannot stop. We cannot keep walking in unforgiveness towards other people. Not only will it hinder you personally, but if you carry that into the house, if you carry that into the church that you go to, it will it will infect everybody else and it will begin to hinder the work of God in that church. Why do you think these churches are in such bondage? Because you've got people sitting on one side of the aisle that's mad and has been mad for 15 years at somebody sitting on the other side of the aisle and the person on the other side is just as mad at somebody else on the other side. The pastor's mad, the preacher's mad, the deacons is mad, everybody's mad at everybody and everybody's harboring unforgiveness and then they have the audacity to bow down and say, God, send revival, God, send revival. You sitting there holding unforgiveness in your heart and you expect God to bless you with revival you you want if you wanted to see revival you would go up to the person that had wronged you maybe who knows what it was all right maybe somebody stole something from you and now you know they claim they've got saved and you can't forgive that person maybe somebody wronged you personally maybe they offered you an insult and you've let you and you've allowed your little feelings to get hurt and you've held on to that for years and years and years maybe somebody like it was with me maybe somebody has ripped your tried to rip your family family apart and has allowed the devil to use them in that way. I'm telling you right now, if you want to see God move in your life and want to see bondage fall off of you and fall off of others, you have got to repent of unforgiveness and then turn around and pray God for and then pray that that God would help you to forgive the other person. If we cannot do this simple thing we just as well stop right where we're at and quit. But we have got to to start. And I and and this is this is what I pray for us here at the church. This is what I this is what I said, God, if there's something that needs to change, let it start with me. Let it, that has been my prayer for a long time now. And God is showing these things to me. He's showing me areas of my life that I need, that I need correction in, that I need repentance in, you know, that I need his help in. And when he shows me those things, then I can in return show them to you. I can deliver them to y'all. He always starts at the head. He always starts at the head and it flows down. And and I hope that y'all get this. Some of y'all and and hey, look, let's just let's just get down where the rubber meets the road. How many of us have ever harbored unforgiveness before, uh, towards God himself? I think of Annie and the situation she's in with her with her children dying. She's bitter and she's harboring unforgiveness towards God Himself for allowing that to happen. We have we have a tragedy to occur in our life. I've met people, and most of the time it'll come through the death of a loved one that they'll harbor unforgiveness towards God. Well, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed for God not to allow them to happen and for God to bring them up out of that deathbed. Look, I'm looking at it right now. My dad could slip off into eternity any day. Any day he can slip off into his reward, but I have to keep myself in mind that he made his preparation in 1958 to meet that eternity. 
And I, why should I harbor unforgiveness towards God when he says that precious on the side of the Lord is the death of his saints? When he gathers his children home, I can't be bitter about that. That's right. I'll miss him. Yes, I will. Just like I've missed all of my family that have died and gone on. All right. Yes, I miss them. And it will rip your heart in two. All right. I've got a son that I never got to meet. That I've been, that I, I wasn't hard. I, I never got to meet him. I didn't know him, but it crushed me. And it ripped my heart out when I found out that, he, that we had miscarried and that he had died. But I cannot hold that unforgiveness towards God in my heart because of that. Regardless of what the situation might be regardless of where you might be we cannot harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in our hearts because when we do that we're holding our hands out to the enemy and saying put me in chains and put me in shackles well guess what you got I've got news for you tonight devil you hear me now now I've got news for you whom the son has set free is free indeed We've got to give it back. We've got to give that to the Lord. You can't carry it. You can't. You cannot carry that unforgiveness in your heart. All you're doing is hurting yourself. You ain't hurting the other person. It's just like bitterness and just and hatred and anger towards somebody. It's like all those things. All them things run together. First you get mad, then you get bitter, then you start hating the person and all of the, and unforgiveness is in line with every bit of that stuff and before you know it, you are you're, you look like you've been sucking green persimmons and washing it down with lemon juice. You're sitting there drawn up and bitter and mad and have no idea why that person's living or that situation or whatever it might be is living in your head rent free and you just keep going over and over and over the bad things that's happened to you instead of setting your affections on things above and thinking on things that are good and righteous and holy and joyful and loving that we're commanded to do in the Bible. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, how can God forgive you of yours? Because that's what it leads to. We harbor unforgiveness in our hearts. We hold it in and we just sit there and let it stew and let it fester sometimes for years and years and years. And the sin just builds and just builds and just builds and just builds and just builds. That's what had happened in my own life. Uh, before y'all start thinking that I'm trying to advocate that I'm perfect, I'm not. No, uh, this happened to me. This happened to me yesterday. Now it's your turn. All right. God showed me that I was harboring unforgiveness towards them, and I had to repent of the unforgiveness, and then turned around and began to pray for them. And I, I forgave them for what they had done for me. God forgave me for harboring unforgiveness towards them. And then I forgave them. And I began to pray for them. And then after I got done praying for them, I don't know how, I don't know how long I prayed. I don't know exactly what I prayed. I don't even know really how it all started. All I know, I remember, I remember praying number six over them. I remember praying for God to bless them and keep them and make his face shine upon them and grant them peace. I remember praying that part. Well, then as I got done, I got happy again because God said, the Bible says, Jesus said, bless for them that persecute you and for them that despitefully use you. Pray for your enemies because in doing so, you heap coals of fire down on their head. 
So rather than allowing them to live in your head rent-free and harboring unforgiveness in your heart towards them, repent of the unforgiveness, forgive them, be free from that bondage, pray for them, and then stand back and watch God do what only He can do. But I don't know, like, like I said, I don't know who it, is, who, who, who it is. Might be all of us. You've been harboring and holding on to unforgiveness. For, and, I, and really it doesn't matter who it's against or who it's for. All I'm telling you is, is that if you want peace when you lay down at night, give that to God. Relinquish that to God. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. I'm telling you, we have got to relinquish this stuff. I've questioned and I've wondered why we hadn't grown at the pace that we should have. But by and by, God is revealing and God is showing. All right, you think it only affects you. No, it doesn't. It affects the whole body. What did Paul say? He said, if a small member of the body is hurt, does it not affect the whole body? Just go. And if you don't think that it does, go ahead and prop your pinky toe up against something and, sh and shove it sideways and break it and see how much it affects your whole body. You, it's the smallest body, the smallest piece of the body that you've got, but it will affect the entire body when it hurts. You'll lay there and you'll moan and groan and oh, 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 I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. When you harbor something in your heart that God says you need to relinquish and that God says you need to let go of, and that God says that you have to give to him to get peace why do you think Jesus said come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden one of the things that we're heavy laden with is unforgiveness towards other people But the Lord's calling to you tonight to give that to him to relinquish that to him and as soon as you relinquish that to him that is when the bondage will fall off and when you, do, when you do that, when you go through it yourself, you can then turn around and tell other people, look, this is where I was. This is the bondage that the enemy had me in. But I'm free of that now because I forgave. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful things in all of the church. And if we who have been forgiven, cannot grasp the power of forgiveness, then I would wonder just how forgiven we truly are. If you forgive men their trespasses, your Father will forgive you of yours. That's, true. That's, true. That's the beautiful thing. But if you don't, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, then God won't forgive you of yours. That, and that's, that's where we're at. If you desire forgiveness, then you have to forgive. If you desire grace, 
you have to give it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. If you feel led to do so, please give us a review on the platform of your choice. And if you would like to reach out to us further, please email us at wellspringtabernaclenc at gmail.com. Until next week, may God bless you.